All the information's in there, okay? I'm going to have Mrs. Pastor come on up this morning, and she's going to do our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. And today is also Mission Sunday, and so she'll give you a little bit of an update on what we got going on right there. Amen? Thank you, Hello. Oh, talk loud. Okay, I can talk loud. Pastor always tells me, quit talking loud. But I can talk loud. I can talk real loud. So I figure everybody's blessed today, right? Are you blessed? If you aren't blessed, you'll be blessed before you leave here, right? Okay, that's just the way it works around here. Okay, so um, if you need an uh, envelope for your giving, this is regular tithes and offerings and missions offering. And so make sure that, uh, you know, you write plainly on your missions envelope, whatever, if it's missions, so it doesn't get put in the general fund. So um, today... I'm going to do a couple of things. I'm going to talk about uh, Righteousness Watch, which is our one of our ministries here at the church. And I want to go over these scriptures with you. These aren't necessarily um, tithing offering scriptures at all. However, they are scriptures that are pertaining to what's going on in our nation right now. So I want to talk about America California, Barstow, Yermo, Newberry Springs. I want to talk to you about all that today. So let's look at these scriptures. Proverbs 29, 2 in the New King James says, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. I've heard a whole lot of groaning going on. Here's another one. 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 3, one, verses 1 and 2 in the King James says, Finally, brethren... Pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course. You know, a lot of times the word of the Lord has been stifled in America, in our schools and other places. We don't want to hear that. You know, that's forbidden. You can't do that here, blah, blah, blah. But we want the word of God to have free course because the word of God is what sets people free. Amen. And be glorified. The word be glorified even as it is with you and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for not all men have faith right not all men serve jesus some men unwittingly serve the devil they don't even know it but they're being a tool of the devil first timothy chapter 2 1 through 4 king james says this i exhort therefore that first of all supplications prayers intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men for, all, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life, 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 a quiet and peaceable life. Do you want a quiet and peaceable life or do you want turmoil and fear? We want a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good. And acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, that's His will, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Well, if you have the right people in government, then they're happy that the Word of God goes forth. Amen. They're happy to see righteousness prevail. And if we don't have righteous people in there, then, uh, we have problems. Okay. Um, I want to talk to you. I've got, I've got a voter guide out here that I've done. Uh, I spend a lot of time on, on a, getting a voter guide for you because you're always asking me, Mrs. Pastor, what's, no, 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 no. So I spend a lot of time researching this. So this is what, not only what I come up with, 
It's what the Patriots group I belong to comes up with. It's what the Christian I Voter Guide, the American Family Council comes up with. It's what Focus on the Family comes up with. And I challenge you to do your own research. You know, you can take what I've got here and you do your own research and you come up with it. So these people are pro-life. I noticed on the ballot that there's tons of judges. If you haven't, have you looked at your ballot yet? Have you seen all the judges? You probably don't have a clue who they are, right? Don't have a clue. Well, I've found somebody who researches all this stuff. And so those are the answers to your judges on there. There's only two yeses on judges. And what else have we got here? You know, all these other things. Um, there's propositions. Now, I want to tell you this is very important. Proposition 1. Are you for or against abortion in the state of California? If you vote on nothing else, go to the ballot box and fill out that, that you don't want abortion in the state of California. We don't want abortion here in California, right? We don't want it. We're believers. We're born-again Christians. He's the author of life. Birth begins at conception. We don't want abortion in the state of California. So if you vote for nothing else in this whole thing, vote no on Proposition 1, okay? Um, there's some there's some uh, Barstow stuff in here. I only had one Barstow ballot, so I don't have all the districts on here. But I have information about city council from a super reliable source. who's a Christian friend of mine who tells me what's going on over there. If you need information about city council, I got that information for you. Or if you're, uh, your school district, if your dis- school district isn't listed here, I've got information on who's running for school district, who's good and who's not. So if you can want to ask me that, that's fine. And uh, finding information about school district is like pulling teeth. You'll notice in the Yermo ballot, I have the names there, but I have I don't have a clue about any of them. So, <laughs> whoopee, all of us Yermo Newberry people get to figure that out for ourselves. Also, I want to talk to you about, uh, there's a lot of measures here. Um, the measure D in, um, no, wait, it's not measure D. It's measure H in Barstow. I want to talk to you about this so that you're aware of this. Um, this is the question on measure H for Barstow residents. Do you want the voters to repeal Measure G, of course we have no clue what Measure G is, and return the placement of the mayor mayoral position to be selected from among the five city council members and not the mayor to be voted on by the people of Barso. So, you know, think about that. If you want to have a part of voting for the mayor of Barstow, then you say no on H. If you want the five city council members to choose a mayor from one of the five city council members, then you vote yes. Okay, that's up to you, but I just want to tell you that. And I also want to talk to you about Measure EE. Measure EE um, is a San Bernardino County thing, and I'm going to read what I wrote on it. I got a little attachment on this. It says, on your ballot, you will notice Measure EE. Most people are unaware that anything like this is even on the ballot, if you haven't read it. I have been informed that although there is a plan to make San Bernardino County its own state, this particular measure is a scam and not the one that those who are for San Bernardino County becoming a separate state from California. So here's some information to help you research this whole topic. Um, it's, I, I understand it's not a new thing in town. Uh, I mean, in the state of California for people to want to 
establish a different state, different than the state of California. It's called New California. It would be San Bernardino County. Uh, San Bernardino County has a population of 2.18 million people, which is the same population that Nevada has. We're the biggest uh, county in the nation, um, the biggest county in California. Population-wise, San Bernardino County is the fifth largest county in the state of California. So this is this is working towards that. But this this measure here, um, you need to re- do some research on it because I was told that this this one here is kind of to trick people. So that's what I so figure it out for yourself. Okay, you figure you figure it out. You research it. Do it. Do it yourself. So anyway, these will be back on the information booth, and I challenge you to research this stuff for yourself. Look look at iVoterGuide.com. That's a Christian organization uh, from American Family Association, which is uh, Tim Wildman out of Washington, D.C. There's a bunch of stuff. Believers. I read somewhere the other day that uh, something like 75% of Christians are registered to vote, but only 25% of them vote. That's a shame. When we've got something like the abortion issue on this ballot this year, you need to do something about it. You need to do something about it. Amen. We need to stand up for righteousness, and that's why I'm doing this Righteousness Watch. Amen. Okay. All right. So let's do our, let's stand up and do our uh, financial faith confession. Amen. And then we'll do uh, praise and worship. Okay. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe, save, robs, better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial need so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning we're going to learn a new song together. So let's look at the words on the screen so you can learn them. And Ilya is going to help us. And in a minute, this is a congregation participation song so we're going to teach you a part in a second so just sing along with us and let's worship the Lord together
just raise our hands and worship the Lord today? still working in our lives 
We walk by faith and not by sight. So let's sing this together. Even when I don't see it. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. But even when I don't see it, you're working. But even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never sing that out. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never sing that again. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. A way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, right in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, right in the darkness, my God, that is who you that he is this morning, that way maker. Amen. He is the miracle worker. And you know, one of the most important things that I see out of that song is even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. And sometimes, you know, hey, sometimes you better know that we are walking by faith and not by sight. Second Corinthians 5, 7. Because if you got to wait till you can see it before you believe it, it's not faith. 
faith believes without seeing. And if you are standing in faith this morning for something in your life, for whatever it is, a miracle, a breakthrough, whatever it is, you better get a hold of that right now. Sometimes you don't have the feels. (laughs) Sometimes you don't get to see it. Sometimes you simply have to trust that God wasn't lying to you when he said that he was going to come through. And you have to walk by faith not by sight. But I know this much that anytime I've trusted God and anytime I've stuck with it, I have always received the answer in the end. And Jesus has never failed me one time. Amen. And so this morning, why don't we give him one more shout of praise as we worship him. Hallelujah. Lord, you are good. You are the way maker. You are the miracle worker, the promise keeper. You are the light in the darkness. That is who you are, Father. We love you and we worship you today. And God, I ask that you would speak to us. Lord, you know what every single person that is walking through these doors today is facing. God, we may all be looking at different things, facing different circumstances, but we all have the same answer, and it's you, Jesus. And I pray that you would speak to us. Help us to have soft and open hearts. If there's anyone here today that has a hard heart and they came in, maybe just because they, they were drugged here, whatever the case is, God, I pray in Jesus' name that our hearts would soften to receive the seed of the word of God today. And we know that your word always accomplishes everything you send it forth to do. Speak to us today, Lord. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord one more shout of praise. Thank you, Jesus. You are good and your mercy endures forever. Amen. Well, you can go ahead and be seated this morning. We're going to get into the Word of God here, and uh, I'm excited, man. Anytime that we get together and read God's Word, it's a good day, amen? And so I always say it's a good day to be in the house of the Lord, but it's not just today. Any day is a good day to be in the house of the Lord. All right, well, I'm going to catch you up on a little bit of review real quick from last week, and then we'll get into today's message. If you need an outline for the sermon, if you didn't get an outline to follow along with, raise your hand and the ushers will get you one, and that'll kind of help you to keep track of where we're at with everything, but I think that's a helpful tool to have right there. And so uh, we're in a, a little series right now for, for the month of October. It can only be for the month of October because of the name we gave it. It wouldn't make any sense in November, so we've got to squeeze this in to October. And the title of our series is Rocktober. And we're like, hey, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, we're not going to some punk rock, you know, music festival out in the woods. No, it's not that. What we're doing is we're talking about Jesus is the rock of ages. Amen. He is the great I am. He is the beginning and the ending, the alpha and the omega. He is the answer to whatever problems we are facing. And so I love Jesus. And, uh, and, and last week we kind of looked a little bit about some of the current events uh, going on. And I just got so excited, um, you know, with everything going on in the church, lots of good, good, wonderful things happening in our church. I'm seeing uh, lots of different people and families get promotions and, and, and jobs that they've been believing for for years. I'm seeing healings and restorations, which, you know, that's nothing new. We pretty much see that every week, but it's awesome. And I love that. And I'm also excited that, hey, we're paying off the church mortgage here, you know, this month, which is, that's a big deal. That's a big deal to have 13 acres right beside a freeway in Southern California that you don't owe 
anybody for. It's paid off. And so we're going to do some great things for God on this property in the coming years and uh, and even quicker than that. But uh, every time I close my eyes and look out to those 13 acres, I don't see dust and tumbleweeds. No, 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 no. What do I see? I see grass and trees and water and playground. I see kids playing. I see families having a great time. I love it. And that's what we're called to do. We are a family church equipping God's people for victorious Christian living. And so we've had dreams for years and, you know, sometimes you've got a dream and you believe it's going to happen. You just don't know that when it's going to happen. And we're seeing a lot happening right now in October. And so we've affectionately renamed the month Rocktober. All right. And so when you get that new HDWC calendar for 2023, uh, we're just going to cross out where it says October and write rock. Who's with me? Amen. All right. Very good. All right. So um, anyway, so we're, we're talking about Jesus. That's the main focus. And you're like, well, that, golly, that's a good topic to talk about at a church. Yes, it is. And it may not sound like uh, the most deepest thing, but I heard a story about there was a, a great theologian and I know who he is, but uh, towards the end of his life, he had been he had been studying and writing and 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 everything for 60 years of the Bible. And he had written over 10,000 volumes of study on scripture. And he was an old man and he was given a, a, a you know, a, a lecture at, at a, a seminary and a young man, you know, like, can I just ask one question? And, and, and the young man said, I know this is going to sound silly. So forgive me in advance, but out of your 60 years, out of your thousands of hours, thousands of pages, thousands of pages that you have studied and written on the Bible and about God, could you just sum it all up into maybe a few sentences, if you could, on what you would tell somebody? And, and the older man, he thought for a second, he's like, yeah, that's actually really easy. Out of 60 years of study and writing and dedication and countless hours, if I could sum everything I've learned up into just a couple of words here, it would be this. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That's what I've learned out of 60 years. And some of us were like, yeah, well, I learned that in preschool. And that's good for you, man. But it's one thing to know it up here. It's another thing to get that revelation in your heart. And I'm talking about an unshakable, firm foundation that Jesus loves you. And it's not because you're so awesome that he loves you. It's because he's so awesome. And I'm not, I'm going to talk about this, but we're, I'm not talking about earning God's love and, and forgiveness. And we're going to talk about the grace of God a little bit today too. And so anyway, we're going to get into this message and the Lord's been dealing with me to talk about this this week. So I know somebody needs to hear this word today. And so I want you to buckle up and pay attention and listen to the word of God today. And you may say, well, I've heard this a thousand times. Well, good for you, Mr. Know-it-all. Maybe some of us need to hear it again. Amen. All right. I, hey, I'm the type of guy I've dedicated a lifetime to study in the scripture too. But there's some things that I hear it again and I'm like, oh my gosh, I needed to hear that again. Amen. And so I want to get into God's word. I want to pray one more time before I do it. Father, in Jesus name, I thank you, Lord, for everybody that is here with us today in the building, for even those watching online from across the country. And Lord, I pray in Jesus name that you would speak to us. And again, Lord, you know what we need to hear. And we're, we want to hear the truth, Lord. We're not here to, to just hear something that, that we want to hear. We, we want the truth of God's word. And I pray today that you would encourage us, you would correct us, you would exhort us, and you would lead us in the path that we need to go through your word. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus 
Jesus' name. Can someone say amen? All right, let's do this. Number one, we're going to say this. Number one, we're talking about Rocktober, about Jesus, the Rock of Ages. We're talking about his love. Number one, Jesus' love is not earned. Jesus' love is not earned. And you got to know that, that, that there is nothing you could do. You, you could never be good enough. I know I could never be good enough to deserve what Jesus has done for me. Now, I'm going to spend my entire life trying my best to pay him back, uh, and not because he's telling me to do that, but I want to do that out of my heart. But I know that I could live 10,000 lifetimes and never pay back Jesus for what he's done for me in this one lifetime. It, it couldn't happen. He is beyond comprehension. And so, again, the teaching that Jesus loves you is literally the most basic topic in Christianity, but it's also the most important and the most life-changing topic in Christianity. Because, check it out, what if Jesus didn't love you? You ever think about that? <laughs> think about that. What if Jesus, like, loved everybody, but you, he was like, oh, man, what were we thinking there? What? No, that's not even, that's not even real. That's not even a comprehensible thing because Jesus does love you. What if he has favorites? I'm here to tell you today that he has no favorites. In fact, Peter got that revelation in the book of Acts and he said, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons or that would literally mean God has no favorites. He does love us all the same. And then we would ask, well, then why do these people get their prayers answered? Why do these people get all this and these people don't? Well, it all comes down to faith. God's no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. And a lot of what you're going to receive in your Christian life is going to come down to if you've got the guts enough to believe God for what he said he would do for you. Amen. And so I want to show you something here. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. We're going to look right here at basic Christianity. This right here is the most basic, fundamental, foundational verses, really, that we could even, I mean, look at. You know, we could also throw John three sixteen in there, Romans 10, 9 and 10. But I want you to see this. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. And I know someone needs to hear this today. All right. Ephesians 2. We're going to look at verses 8 and 9 in the NLT, and we're talking about Jesus loves you, and his love, it can't be earned anyway. So Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, it says this, God saved you by his, say that with me, grace, grace, when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Nobody can brag that they're born again, because you had nothing to do with it other than calling on the name of the Lord. But look at this. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. And I'm going to tell you this concerning grace. This is on your outline. The most basic definition of grace is when you get something you don't deserve. That's the grace of God. When you get something that you absolutely don't deserve, like heaven, like salvation, like forgiveness, that's the grace of God. You got something that you didn't deserve, you didn't earn. Well, what's mercy? <laughs> mercy is when you don't get what you do deserve, amen? You know, maybe you, you're a parent now, or maybe when you were a kid, there was sometimes, man, maybe you earned a little bit of discipline, right? And where I came from in the woods, hey, hey, come on. <laughs> get a little whooping sometimes. But 
There were times that I deserved that whooping and I didn't even get it. What is that? That's the mercy of God, man. I didn't get what I deserved. But then there's the grace of God where you get something such as heaven, such as forgiveness, such as healing, such as a restoration or a deliverance. And it's not because you deserve it. It's by the grace of God that he loves you enough to do something for you when you don't deserve it. And I'm preaching to myself because I know I fall into that category. I don't deserve that God healed me of cancer and leukemia when I had it. I was crippled and God restored my ability to walk. I didn't, it's not because I earned that. It's by the grace of God that he healed me and I received it in the name of Jesus. And so if you deserved God's love and salvation, that means somewhere along the line, you worked hard enough and you earned it. But salvation is a gift. It's not a payment that is due to you. Now, I thought about it this way. You know, you get paid every week, every couple weeks, right? You know, you work a job, you get paid. And how many of us, every time payday rolls around, you just knock on the boss's door and walk in. I just want to thank you. You are so kind. You are so generous. I don't deserve this. Thank you for this present. This is a gift. It's a present. And you're, and you're like, well, no, no, that's not a gift. You, you worked for it. You earned it, right? And I mean, how many of you, you earn that paycheck? All right. Thank you. Don't be afraid to raise your hand. You work hard for the money. So you know what? We better treat you right. <laughs> but I'm telling you this morning that your paycheck, that's not just some gift. In a sense, God gave you the gift to be able to, to work that job. But also, they're not just giving you money because they love you so much. They're giving you money because you worked hard and you earned it and you deserve it. It's not charity. It's a paycheck. And and God's gift, though, it's not a paycheck to you. It is the absolute grace and mercy and a gift from God that you don't deserve and I don't deserve. Now, I'll say this. This is kind of a different sermon for me to preach. I don't preach about uh, Jesus loves you, this I know very much, and even about the grace of God very much because I'm going to be honest. That's in my own life. I've had struggles in areas. This isn't an area that I've super uh, had to deal with a whole lot because I'll tell you this. When you're raised in a home where you know your parents love you and you know that it's unconditional, it really does help you in your relationship with God. And I've t- I mean, I, I know a lot of people that they weren't raised in that environment. And so it's difficult sometimes to see God as this loving, forgiving uh, father that will give you another chance. He's not mad at you every time you come in and you did something wrong. He's not there to chew you out and, and beat you around. And, and, and if you grew up like that, sometimes this is a difficult concept to uh, get into your heart and, and into your soul. And, 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 and I get that. But I don't necessarily talk about this a lot because I've never for one second of my life doubted that my parents love me and that it's unconditional and that I can't, there's nothing I can do to make them stop loving me. Now, I could disappoint them. I could hurt them. And I, and, and, you know, I, I'm sure I've done that along the way somewhere. But at the same time, I'm confident that I don't have to earn my parents' love and acceptance. And whenever you have that foundation, even with your family and parents, that's why it is so important. Mom and dad, listen to me. Grandma and grandpa, listen to me right now. It is so important that we raise our kids in a godly environment and, yes, raise them 
in church because you have no idea how that will affect their lives when they grow up. The greatest gift you could give them right now is not an Xbox. The greatest gift you could give them is not the iPhone 17 or whatever. I don't even know. I don't even know. But whatever it is, that is probably the worst gift you could give them. The greatest gift you could give them is, of course, unconditional love. But give them a foundation in their faith. Because when they grow up, that's not going to be outdated. That's not, it's still going to be there. And, and they can call on the name of the Lord when they're 35, just like they can when they're five. And the same Jesus is going to answer because he's the rock of ages. He's the great I am. He said, I am God and I change not. Amen. He doesn't need to change. I need to change all the time. Jesus never needs to change. But I'm telling you right now, the best gift you can give your kids is, of course, unconditional love. And, of course, I get it. They're standards. And we need to have high standards, right? But your kids need to know that just like you should know, when you go to God, he's not going to smack you around and, you know, give you a choke slam and, and tell you, what were you thinking? No, he loves us. He forgives us. There are standards, and I'm going to live my best for him. But the love of God is not earned. He gives it freely. It's a gift. Now, I read this article. It's very interesting about the Christian author C.S. Lewis, if you've heard of him. But anyway, during a, a British conference way back, a long time ago, on comparative religions, experts from around the world debated what, if any, uh, belief was unique to the Christian faith. They argued that, well, Christianity shares a lot of the same teachings as other religions. And, and it's true. We teach, you know, lots of religions teach in an afterlife. Lots of religions teach you to pray and to be kind to others. And, and so they were arguing that, you know, really, what is Christianity's unique contribution to world religion? And the b debate was going on, and C.S. Lewis comes into the room, a brilliant man, and he's like, what are you guys debating over? And they're like, well, we're debating on what makes Christianity different. And he's like, it's easy. Grace. Grace. And he walks out of the room. And they're like, what? And so they started talking this through a little bit about grace, and, and they decided, yeah, we have to agree with what he said. The notion of God's love coming to us free of charge, no strings attached, seems to go against every instinct of humanity. The Buddhists have an eightfold plan they have to follow. The Hindu has to earn good karma. The Jewish have to obey the law to the T, and the Muslims have to obey their law to the T. Each of these religions and each of these ways offer a plan to earn God's approval and acceptance. Only Christianity dares to make God's love unconditional. I want to do good things for him. I swear I do. I want to live my best life for him. But either way, he loves me. Either way, he's not going to reject me. And, 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 and now, listen, uh, you got to understand my teaching on grace, that you do have to call on the name of the Lord to be saved. You do have to live for Jesus. I'm not sloppy, you know, anything goes type. No, no. But what I'm saying is this. I understand that by the grace of God, I am loved and that I can go to heaven. And it's only by his grace. What if we had to wait until we were perfect and had it all together before Jesus could love us? I'd be waiting a very long time. <laughs> I'd be waiting a super long time. I would never get there. And I want to show you something in scripture today. Romans 5, 6 through 11. 
Now, this message seems more of something you'd preach at a Billy Graham, you know, revival crusade, an evangelistic thing, rather than a, than a, a church of uh, mature Christians on a Sunday morning. But I'm telling you, you need to hear this today about the love of Jesus. And it is Rocktober, amen? We're talking about Jesus, the rock. And I forgot to go to our main verse, uh, Isaiah 26, verse 4. But it says, trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. And he is the eternal rock. Romans 5, let's go to uh, verse 6. And these have always, I don't know, there's, th- these verses have always really got to me somehow. Because it, it does get me to thinking. Romans 5, verses 6 through 11. It says, when we were utterly helpless. Is there anyone here that you've been utterly helpless? Like, you couldn't save yourself. You couldn't get out of that. Look at this. Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. Check it out. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Oh, yeah. Who are you, man? I am a son of God. I uh, Jesus is my big brother. Okay, check it out. Romans 8. Jesus is my big brother. He is the firstborn of many brothers and sisters. And I am also a friend of God. Don't you say that. I didn't say it. The Bible said that. His own words. I'm not making this up. I am. This is too good to make up. Amen. You have been called a friend of God. What a nearly mind-blowing statement to make. These verses have always gotten to me because Jesus didn't die for us after we got it all together. He came when you were a train wreck. You were a mess. You were ugly crying. Come on. You were just all over the place. You were a wreck. And Jesus said, right, this is the moment. And he grabbed you in your least worst moment ever. He didn't wait until you got it together. I love that about Jesus. He died for us when we were a hopeless wreck. And if I may say, Jesus rocks. (laughs) Jesus rocks. No one else is going to do that except Jesus. He just said, hey, there's maybe some people that would die for a really, really, really good person. But Jesus didn't just die for really, really, really good people. He died for us while we were yet sinners. And that brings me to number two, and it's this. Jesus' love is unconditional. Jesus' love, you can't earn it, but also his love is unconditional. This means there's nothing you can do to make him love you. And there's nothing you can do to make him not love you or to love you any more or love you any less. His love is the full maximum capacity, the full send, if you will, of 